Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, the only Wild Bow web serial shorter than the Bible, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read more. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Subordination, chapters 6.9 and 6.10. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know what Kennet above, Kennet below, and Kennet found are, slash found Kennet are, and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there'll be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. All right, I've got a chapter summary that's kind of long, so I'm going to get into it. Blake and his cabal plan on what to do next. He questions Maggie. She denies anything nefarious. Blake has a bad nightmare, after which Evan and Rose try to comfort him. The next day, or after he wakes up, I guess, Isadora shows up and tells Blake that she will attack him the next day and that Rose is going to take over when he dies. After going back inside, Blake more or less explains his fate to the others. Fell ends up showing Blake an escape hatch to the spirit world. They all go over the plan, and then they start the plan. Some people end up going to the spirit world. They go to the police station and start to wreak havoc with the Bahames. What did you think of these chapters, Malia? Um, well, <laughs> I think that my prediction that Blake is going to die in this book is is stronger now. Hmm. Starting to seem pretty solid, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I predicted it before Isadora was straight up just like, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die. Yeah. Um, I have hope, but you know. <laughs> we will see. We'll keep on seeing. All right. So Blake and his friends basically plan what to do next. Uh, Blake feels bad as Fell points out a loophole with Conquest's promise to keep the city safe. Um, and then he ends up questioning Maggie about her motives. Um, yeah, this is a lot. Um, I guess first I talked about Joel in my notes. Joel's back. He's back. <laughs> um, it was nice that it felt like he kind of dropped out of the story. And even Goosh gets a line of like, Goosh was at her apartment. And so that was nice just hearing like, they're not just like written off gone yeah um but also he's just like this is upsetting um <laughs> <laughs> like yeah and he's is. like where are the other people like this sucks and i'm like yeah um it's kind of nice having that having joel as like a scale of oh yeah this shit's not normal but also this is the shit blake is dealing with and he kind of just needs to do it or something so it's interesting yeah um but yes there's a lot of like world building and lessons in this chapter even stuff that i wasn't sure um has explicitly been mentioned in pale um but one of the first big ones was you know like magic has a price but it's not always the practitioner who pays it Mm -hmm. and i feel like ideally the karma system would be the thing that ensures that the practitioner does pay the price, but we've seen that that's not true. Um, sometimes they pay for things that aren't necessarily their fault. And sometimes practitioners can like do shit and then go- get good karma for it. Even if it's like, I don't know, it's just, there's a whole lot of collateral damage here and it really sucks. Um, and obvious, it seems obviously like the eye is not paying for the things that he's doing, um, mm-hmm. et cetera. And it's a bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah. Um, and we learn more about lords and how lords work. Um, mm-hmm. The whole, 
ownership of the city is a one-way relationship and so conquest can like get things from the city without having to worry too much about things going the other way or something and like if conquest is at war the city is at war it's it's interesting um yeah but also just like the whole and a mission to protect the city from his underlings is not the same thing as targeting the city and it's like such bullshit (laughs) (laughs) yeah um on so many levels um it just made me think of the state action doctrine um yeah so the state action doctrine is an idea i'm thinking about specifically like human rights law um but also like civil rights law and other things um where in the human rights system it's countries who are members of that system and so um you need to be able to hold a country accountable Mm -hmm. and not you know just individuals or groups or whatever it has to be like the fucking country because those are the people in that system and um in like civil rights law um with the 14th amendment and various things um you tend to need a government um doing the thing i mean it's kind of complicated but um that's where a lot of civil rights can be adjudicated is when like the government violates your rights not like other people yeah um and thinking about how like number one if you work for the government and in the scope of your employment you do something like you you commit torts against people (laughs) such as exploding their cars and (laughs) murdering them um that's that's state action right um and there's a question about the scope of employment right but like this is very obviously the scope of employment um (laughs) conquest has hired these people to hurt blake (laughs) (laughs) and that's what they're trying to do um so that's bullshit and then um also in i'm thinking particularly human rights law um there's a concept of state action as being state or like state inaction as state action. Um, if a state is unable or unwilling to stop human rights abuses, the state is um, liable, right? Yeah. Um, you shouldn't just like let people get away with shit in your country and not stop it. It's like the idea. Um, mm-hmm. So I hate this and it feels like stupid practitioner bullshit and is like another instance where our legal system is better than the practitioner system and it always hurts a little bit when that's true that's true yeah um but yeah so i was like oh legal corner we haven't done that in a while we haven't done that in a while so thank you for that i'm sure people will be excited they get to learn about things all right um yeah (laughs) <laughs> cool but, all right i wasn't sure if it was like you wanted to ask something no i just finger snapped at malia to like let her know if she could keep talking just so you all know what that pause was um yeah we talk about lords a lot um blake as a lord would be interesting um i mean yeah. just like a diabolist as a lord sounds like a bad idea yes um, it does because like even if like Blake's a good person. He's trying to make the world a better place. And he's not like, oh, yes, I'm going to sick my demons on you. It's still like rubbed off on him in a mm-hmm. tangible way and surely would rub off on whatever place he was a lord of. And it sucked. <laughs> um, and then I was thinking of like, oh, what if Blake was the lord of some like random podunk area where there are like aren't really any people? And that would be fascinating and also suck. And I bet the judges would be super pissed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, i think that's reasonable yeah um but i don't know i just like i do think that blake 
can leave the world a better place. Um, and I, I believe in him. I think that Blake is a hero and that he hopefully will continue to be a hero. Um, and hopefully by the time he dies, he'll have <laughs> made things okay and made the best choices that he could. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because even Fel here is like, well, I'm glad you're not heartless, but also it sucks that you're not kind of because you're letting like the deaths of innocence affect your thinking. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, The whole like Maggie pipes up and is like, oh, we don't want it to be too heartless because demons. And it's just like, yeah, Diabolus yeah. are scary. Yeah. yeah, very true. And it's interesting that it's still... I don't know. There's like the eye and the eye is really scary. And there's just like, there's all, and there's this Isadora, like there's all these people and things and powers and they're all really scary, but it's still like, but demons are the worst. Like, it's still just like, no demons. That's the one that we don't touch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great way to build it up in the story. And it's, I thought it would kind of be lessened after the splinter and poos and all of that. But like poos isn't like a full demon and the splinter is only like, kind of a part of a demon or something um and so it's interesting Mm -hmm. that it's still this big no-go zone yeah um yeah so baggy um (laughs) yes Um, yeah um i don't know what the fuck maggie's talking about (laughs) specifically when blake is like hey like aren't your parents or something gonna like get upset that you're like not home and she's like i took measures and if i explain like and those measures are fine and won't inconvenience you except if i explain now it will inconvenience you and i have like no idea what the fuck she could be talking about <laughs> uh because i was like yeah connection blockers but like saying hey like there are these things you should know about that are really fucking useful <laughs> and not that complicated to set up uh and i did that like it seems like it's something else i mean because she's she doesn't have a lot of uh background power right too because she has like a binder full of crap so maybe she didn't have like as neat of connection blockery type things yeah i mean well but fell's family is an illusionist family and she has fell's brother's scrapbook (laughs) so it seems like there's probably some decent connection blocking shit Maybe it's something else then. Right. Um, Anna, what do you think? <laughs> Let me know. If you, if you have any bold specific <sighs> predictions, we will save those. But you just have to remember to hold on to it till the end. No, I you- just, I have no fucking clue. I'm like, what? Like, what is it that maybe he could know about later and it's fine. But if he literally knows about it, it's a problem. I guess. So this reminds me, <laughs> another <laughs> law concept. This reminds me of like, um, mens rea. Mm-hmm. Um, so mens rea is like the mind of the criminal or some shit i don't remember what it's I'm latin um but mm-hmm. so for crime there has to be like did you do the thing and then like did you have the requisite mental intent to be culpable mm-hmm. for the thing um and like those things combined put you into different categories of like whatever offense that we're in um so like the four basic criteria going from like least uh hard to prove to most hard to prove i guess is um negligence recklessness knowledge and then purpose okay. um and so this almost like <laughs> this makes me feel like if there's something that has some sort of like knowledge mens rea 
<laughs> Blake not knowing about the thing means that he doesn't have the requisite mental state for this to fuck him over later. But then if he knows about it, it will fuck him over. Hmm. Um, I can't think of anything immediately in the practice that that that's a thing with. But do you think it could maybe just be like, something like that? <laughs> it's like it could be something not even that it's like practice related so far, but she knows that he would have a problem with and that he it would bother him. Hmm. That's true. But then what would that and- be? Could just be weird gobbliny things. Your face right now is hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like so Verona does shit all the time. That's kind of like, oh, uh, maybe you shouldn't do that. So maybe it's like she, or maybe it's like Hermione Granger. Like she obliviated her parents and she can undo it, mm. but it feels bad. It feels bad. <laughs> it's like morally not that great, or something. I don't know. Well, uh, we'll see if we ever find out. <sighs> it's if there are so many things that I still don't understand that I really thought I would know by now, but it's fine. <laughs> That's okay. Um. Yeah. So then they have this like pissing contest where it's like yeah, I've seen sh- I've yeah. seen the eight. <laughs> yeah. And Blake's like, well, I think the sweater was maybe a six, and she's like, I've seen an eight. Um. And I think I agree. I mean, I don't know that she's seen an eight. I don't know how it's, bad it could necessarily get but i think maggie went through something worse than what blake has gone through to this point yeah it was it seemed pretty fucking bad right um because i think like demons obviously have the capacity to be a lot worse um but yeah. Poo- so poos was like fucking with a neighborhood but the main person really affected was like the host uh-huh. um and everyone else was just like super skeeved out and like on edge and it was not great um and he, if he got too powerful, he'd need to, like, run away so that other demons didn't find him and squish him or whatever. And then the splitter, like, fucking horrifying, but also lives in an abandoned factory and doesn't seem to come out. Um, and so it's not like an entire town was, like, destroyed horrifically um, in the same way, obviously, that happened to Maggie. So I do think that the thing that she went through was really, 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 really bad. Um do you think that that's what she's, I mean, this seems like a silly question, but like, do you think that that's what she's talking about? Or do you think she's seen something else that could be read even worse? Um, Kind of seems like that's what she's talking about, right? Or I think that's what she's talking about. Um, I don't think, I think if any of her fire, blood, whatever things have happened yet, it's the, it's Molly's death, but I'm still not sure that that qualified. Um, and... Because she's looking for opportunities to make that happen in a controlled way. Yeah. Um, and so, no, I still think that that's the worst um, thing that she's seen. I'm, I'm also thinking about things in Pale and, like, what would they be? Maybe this is a good discussion question or a bad discussion question about just, like, think of some shit in Pale. And do you think if what happened to Maggie is an eight? You know, like, what's the milkmaid? Yeah, we can just discuss that when we get to the Pale in Comparison section. Okay, I like it. Because, like, Let's what's the milkmaid? All right. <laughs> well, we talk, let's talk about that at, at that point um yes so um you also wrote a note about fell yeah um fell's like hi i'm gonna go home now and blake's like yeah i'll let you do that that sounds like a good idea and fell's like i don't need your permission and you can't stop me um <laughs> and i think blake should internalize this a little bit and like let this sink in a little bit more um was particularly thinking about what he is the way he thinks about rose um i don't know i think he's like 
like these people are his quote unquote champions, but also they don't have to do anything for him. Um, but also I just, when it comes to Rose, he seems to be thinking about whether or not he's going to allow her to summon things. And I'm like, that's not how this works. Like Rose is a full person and she has power and she has agency. And you, I don't think you can stop Rose from summoning shit. I think like talking to Rose and being like, I think that this is a good idea or a bad idea and trying to be like, Hey, I really don't want you to do this because it seems like a really bad idea. Can we talk about it is one thing, but like Rose does not need Blake's permission to summon John Corviday. And like, that would suck. And obviously she didn't do it or not. Maybe unless he's invisible, that was confusing. Um, <laughs> but like, like I think that, it would be better if Blake was in a mindset of not, I'm going to control this situation. Cause like he brought his friends in and his friends don't know what they're doing. And technically like these people are all sort of like working for him or something. Like he's the one calling all the shots, which is true, but there is a situation where he pushes Rose away and pushes her too far by being like, no, you can't. And then she's like, okay, fuck you. Bye. Um, And I don't think that's the best idea. So I find it really interesting that you say that he's on a power trip, at least in your notes here. <laughs> um, that's not the impression that I have. I would personally, I mean, I don't know. Would it be safe to say he just feels an epic amount of responsibility as opposed to just a power trip? Because that's more of my feeling about it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say power trip on the podcast because I'm like thinking That's about true. it. I've just, I was just reading in your notes because um, I was like, he's kind of on a power trip. So I'm guessing that's kind of like the feeling behind what you're saying. Um, I mean, I think that later on in the chapter, I didn't really feel that way anymore and I understood it more. Mm, but reflecting okay. on it after not having read the chapter for a week and going back and rereading it, when Fell's like, I don't need your permission to leave, bye. And then thinking about the way he was thinking about Rose, I was like, yeah, he's like controlling everyone or he's trying to, but also it makes sense because I mean, it's I, his I don't know. life on the line and it's his like, I didn't really read it as him trying to control Fell either. It just kind of seemed kind of like, cause he was like, I'm not going to stop you. You've helped me to protect people close to me and to be hypocritical to do the same. To me, that's not necessarily a power trip to me. It doesn't read as like, all right, as the ultimate champion. Well, I guess he's not the champion. Phil's a champion, but it, like it, you know, it just didn't read to me as like I'm giving you permission. It's more just like, hey, I'm not going to stop you. It's hypocritical if I were to try. But, but even bringing that up implies that I don't know. It like crossed his mind, and he thought maybe he ought to give permission. If people were like at my house and helping me move, right, and then somebody was like, yeah, I gotta go. I wouldn't I be like, well, I'm not going to stop you. I'd be like, wow, thank you so much for helping me. Here's pizza. Like, let's hang out. And I guess I, if it was like we had plans to hang out for the next week straight or they had plans to come back and help me move again, it'd be like, hey, when do you think you can come back tomorrow? But like literally the whole like, I won't try to stop you from leaving is like. Nah, I mean, fair <laughs> enough, but I just disagree with you. I just I think it has more of an energy of someone saying go for it. Like and trying if you're trying to argue like them saying go for it means they were giving permission to leave that's not what they're saying but i just don't think it we're gonna have to agree to disagree there i just don't think it has the same energy that you seem to think it has but yeah maybe and i feel like you know like whether it's i wouldn't blame fell for taking it that way because blake has terrible karma anyway and people seem to take what he says wrong 
or out of context anyway. <laughs> but if Fel felt that short about it, I don't think he would have said thank you anyway. <laughs> um, but that's all right. We can agree to disagree. But I, that's just my read. Sure. I do think it's also somewhat of Fel's le- le- read, or at least Fel. Maybe it's just Fel's like poking at him for no reason. But um, yeah, I mean, Blake is calling the shots and instructing these people on what to do and coming up with the plan and has been instructing these people. Yeah, well, I mean, for it's the past con- day. And so yeah. it makes sense that he would be like, yeah, you can go and like give permission. But also, he should recognize the fact that like, they don't literally have to do what he says. I think he does. I, I really I don't think he is on that much of a trip. I th- I just I mean I just think he feels a lot of personal responsibility and he's trying to juggle all, all this stuff. And so because I mean even with the stuff with Rose, um, I guess I was I don't know like I feel like the last chapters that we read kind of show that he's extending a lot more of an olive branch than he was before. Um, he is trying. He's yeah. trying. And I mean, yeah, he did pick his own familiar without her. Um, granted. That doesn't really affect as many people as summoning a monster, but sure. But like what I'm like, it's like she she could summon a monster, and being like, "No, Rose, I won't let you." Will possibly only just push Rose to summon a monster. Um, like I'm just saying, like tactically, he. Ne- I think it'd be good of him to not think of Rose as. <sighs> I mean, this is sad, but even like to not think of Rose as a partner. Um, or an extension of himself but to think of rose as like an independent being who like can do all this shit like i don't think that blake picking a familiar without rose was even a bad thing i mean i think it sucks in so far that like evan is now linked to her when evan gets her it hurts her as well um but i think that it was the right choice for blake um mm-hmm. but i also think that it's important for him to be aware that he might easily push Rose to do bad things. You're not wrong. I mean, I agree with you, but I just think it's funny because I feel like, again, the last, at least the last chapter, maybe two chapters before this one, it shows he has been trying, um, arguably more than she has. Um, I mean, understandably, because she's been through a lot of shit, but I feel like, um, I don't know. I'm just like, I feel like he's been trying a lot. Probably more yeah, than I mean, I think her. like the whole summoning Midge thing or whatever was great, but basically he, I mean, I don't, I wish we had the conversation where before they were setting up because it sounded like when he wakes up from his dream that he was going to be like, no, Rose, you can't summon anything else. We're done. Um, so I'm curious as to how he got from that sort of thinking to letting it go. But I guess maybe he was thinking along the lines of like, she feels trapped. And if I say no, it's just going to put us like at a worse situation. Well, um, I mean, we can kind of get there unless you want to go over that now, but you're talking about like before Isadora became visited. Yeah. Um, frankly, I think it's like, well, we'll, we'll get there. We can kind of okay. dis- discuss it there. <laughs> it, it, it tracks, I think though. So. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that I feel like we didn't necessarily learn in pale, but feels like it makes some sense is the whole certain objects belong in certain hands thing like stealing something from someone else gives you bad karma um i mean it feels like the whole your implement's gonna come back to you or whatever Mm -hmm. um but i mean i guess musser takes shit from people constantly but in a way where they're still kind of technically 
their thing. It's just Musser has, they've like given custody of it to Musser because he forced them to. And the universe is mm-hmm. probably like, that's great. Um, so, cause the universe sucks. And yeah, this also feels like this should bite the Caneteers in the ass um, regarding the power stores they stole from Thea. Um, cause Fel seems to be like, even if you were in a fighting Laird, like, or Duncan in a, like a battle with Duncan, you still shouldn't have taken his thing. Um, it might offset that they rescued a bunch of innocents though. Maybe. Um, and she did kidnap them. Mm-hmm. Um, it could just be like, that was bad karma for her for kidnapping all the innocents and stuff and kind of evens it out. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Cause it, I don't know. I just, this feels like, I mean, I guess the Kenneteers aren't going around stealing things really. They tend to have a lot of shit and don't need to take things from other people. But on the yeah. other hand, they did take Zed's stuff and then he agreed to give some of it to them. And they did take the witch hunter stuff. Um, and those to me feel like, yeah, you like won in a battle and they were using these stuff to try to hurt you. But Fel seems to imply like it doesn't matter. And that's interesting. Well, the witch hunter, I guess Barona did get her stuff back, but I feel like, I mean, originally like she had took taken, like they kind of switched bags, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe, like, in terms of Brie and Zed, with it kind of, like, being on their turf and stuff. I don't know. But it's it probably, we're just going to have to say that we don't, we can't see the kind of uh, <laughs> karma tracker in real time. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they have good enough karma in general. It probably doesn't hurt too much to have a couple of these things slip by. But I think they're probably equals out a little bit. We don't have time to go into all that anyway right now. But... <laughs> Sure. It just seems like Fel reacts to it in such a way that I'm surprised that no one's mentioned it yet. Hmm. In Pale. Um, <sighs> yeah. Just feel like a lot of it is like coup and claim, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. So it's like maybe if the, like, the Kenteers have been able to like claim it more strongly as theirs, you know? Mm-hmm. At least with those things not being implements, <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> right. Um... Yeah, and then Phil's gonna go home, and they're like, "Oh, are you? You know, what's up with that?" And he's like, "Yeah, I have, I have family." And Blake's like, "Oh, too bad the niece won't be an ally." And I was like, "Wow, you're desperate, but okay, yeah." Um, of course he is. <laughs> and it, and yes. then thinking about the police station and how like all the behames work together, um, it sucks that conquest champions are like super strong and have allies. Um, whereas Blake's don't, mm-hmm. um, with the possible exception of Fell, um, and that sucks a lot. <laughs> it does suck a lot. Yeah, and then there's also Isadora who's gonna go like murder him or whatever. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we talk about the astrologer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sounds cool. Um, she summons stuff. I guess. She sounds like a um, shaman, I suppose, that she kind of like makes others using the spirits in the area and light. Uh-huh. Uh, something about using lasers and shit to like draw points of light in dark spaces and something and making things, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I'm excited to see that, you know, used against them or whatever. It sucks that the astrologer was like a potential ally and that she is possibly being forced to work against them. Yeah. Um, that does suck. Yeah. 
but also kind of a cool potential thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So then we get the whole like fun mic drop before Fell leaves of like. <laughs> So I, as I see it, the best way to stop conquesters, champions, from killing you or forcing you to surrender is to kill you myself. And Joel freaks out because Joel's still a normal person, and mm. Blake's just like, "Yeah, <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Like that's fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess I'm really surprised that Blake takes this so well. Um, it almost felt like he had like thought of this himself already. Um, because like thinking about when Joseph left and didn't want to be aware or whatever and he felt like really betrayed by that and this is some and like i guess joseph was a friend who was with him during a lot of hard times in his life and he accepts that felt doesn't like him or whatever but you know Mm -hmm. i as the reader have a lot more empathy toward fell or whatever um and it's funny that blake's just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) just like if you kill me make sure you get my soul too and it's like okay (laughs) like I got you, bro. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. All right. Blake basically has a really bad, really freaking bad nightmare. He ends up waking up and Rose and Evan attempt to comfort him. Um. Yeah. So, so far, Pact hasn't been that scary. Um. Not in the way I was expecting, I guess. Um, okay. But this dream was kind of scary. Um. And especially the whole him waking up. And like Rose being there and him like freaking out, like that was, that was kind of freaky. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting, like the weight of the sword and the book frustrating my attempts to interact with the world. Like it's the the demony things that he's bound that prevent him from interacting with the rest of the world in a normal way, which is very diabolist. Mm-hmm. Um it's also interesting to see a dream in a wild bow work. I don't necessarily remember any from the parahuman stories, which is also something we're not talking about, but in Pale, they tend to be, I mean, I can't think of a time where Alpi wasn't there when we get a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's usually like Alpi's kind of manipulating it and it's like, gotta talk to you about something, lol. Um, whereas this is just like, hey, <laughs> look at Blake's psyche. <laughs> it's upsetting. Um, and it feels a little bit more dreamy than the first dream we got with Blake in the first chapter of the story, which is interesting. Um, like less like seeing literal stuff that's happening, you know, and more just like, Oh, this is a thing he's really worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm hoping this doesn't happen. Um, the Rose with poos on her shoulder was really like heartbreaking. Um, it did feel like kind of a betrayal and like Rose sees Blake as an enemy and, or, a bad gross thing she has to bind or like something. Um, and this role reversal is something that the story seems to be like possibly leaning toward. Although hopefully the like option three or whatever Blake talks about later mm-hmm. can help. Um, but yeah, this was like scary um, and sad. Yeah. Um, and the first time I was reading it kind of fast. And when he's like, I could see her as she had been in my dream. I like for a second was not clear that, he just could still imagine it and not that she was literally like manifesting like that in the mirror. Um, yeah. Um, but then Evan comes in. Evan's like the best and the story really needs yes. him just to like break up a lot of the heaviness um, where he like tries to hug Blake with his bird wings and he's like, this doesn't work. <laughs> and then he even turns into ghost boy to give him a hug, which was like really sweet and really sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And Blake's like, oh, is this, does Rose look away because it looks inappropriate? And it's like, no, Blake. <laughs> like she looks away because no one can physically touch her unless they're a fairy that's going to murder her or something like that. Like, it's like. <laughs> Here, here's the bright side, though. If Evan tries to hug her, at least it's going to be the same as with Blake, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Evan could get into the mirror, though. So I don't know if, like, it could even be, like, visually a thing. Yeah, she could try, but that's true. Yeah. But and but then she goes and she kind of just says, like, mom and dad never hugged me much. Um, yeah. And throughout the story, most of the time when Rose brings up her parents, it's like, they were so much better than your parents, Blake. Like, they weren't assholes to me. But this was a moment of just like, yeah, like, they still sucked. Yeah. And like, they were still bad parents. <laughs> um, And they still really hurt Rose. Um, And... Yeah, it's funny where she's like, I'm mad at them for not preparing us for the world. And I'm like, yeah, most of the stuff they didn't prepare you for was stuff that they didn't know existed, though. So yeah, that's <laughs> it's a good not point. really their fault. It's really your grandma's fault. <laughs> it's really your grandma's fault. Yeah. <sighs> they could have had them more, though. Um. Yeah. Um. But it, it, I don't know. It feels like that made me feel like, I don't know, r- grandma shaped Rose. Um, and she's... Sometimes I'm like, Blake, she's you. You should trust her. But it's like, she's not. Like, she's been altered. Yeah. Um, and I guess that would be something that would be scary and something you wouldn't want to trust. Um, And I feel like her outfit was pointed out in this. So, like, she doesn't really have access to a lot of clothes, yeah. Um, possibly. But I feel like, I don't know, there's a chance she could go into, like, random shops and pick out I think Close. she only has access to certain mirrors, like ones around Blake and then stuff in the Thorburn house. Right. Well, but then she also has access in the spirit world, at least to like Blake's friends or whatever, because she's able to go back and forth. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just like funny that she's like wearing Grandma Rose's clothes and she has like a cameo <laughs> pin. And I was like, what she- is that? And Are I Googled expecting- it. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just I like Googled it. And it's one of those like silhouette face Pens. pin things Mm, mm -hmm. because i was like you have a what over your heart and i'm just like how do you know what that is called blake like what's going on okay i have a question now for you Uh so because you're talking about the clothes you're talking about how rose could follow blake's friends which one of blake's friends did you expect rose to steal clothes from and (laughs) and and what what kind of outfit do you picture rose wearing would be alexis would it be tiffany would it be ty I don't think Fel counts as a friend, but do you think she would steal clothes from him? Maybe Fel's mom has just some normal shit. Well, the thing is, like, if they're spirit clothes versions, if they're spirit world or mirror world versions of the clothes, like those, she's not literally taking the clothes. No, <laughs> so I, they, I understand. I understand they that. They don't but I'm saying, those. like, what do you, th- out of who of Blake's friends do you think it depicts Rose's personality? Like, p- think of the kind of stuff that Alexis wears. Sure. I mean, I'm trying to imagine what Tiffany wears, and I feel like yeah. it's she might be more normal, I guess, in terms of right. I mean, the thing is, I stuff, feel like the but... old lady clothes really suit her. Yeah, because like she does not go for Molly's clothes, but she also like kind of complains about the old lady clothes. But I think she likes it. Um, it's just funny. That is kind of funny. That's what yeah. as we're trying to get you to laugh because isn't Alexis like I'm trying to pick punk rocky? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, going from an old lady clothes to punk rock clothes. Like, I don't know. That seems funny to me. <laughs> um, 
All right. Do you want me to move on to the next part? <laughs> oh, well, just um, this last bit, they start talking about Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that was funny was that Evan was like, or Rose was like, he woke Maggie. Evan woke Maggie to turn on the TV so he could watch something. And like, that's fucking hilarious. And like, <laughs> and he's like, I want to go for a ride on the bike. Like, he's just so funny. And I love it. Um, it's amazing. But then Blake's kind of like, uh, so who made the wording of the summoning? And Rose says, you know, oh, do you think she's trying to sabotage us? Which is not an answer. Um, but yeah. And she's like, you paid more attention to her than I did. And I'm like, you spent a lot more time with her than Blake did. Like, that's weird. Um, like, I can't decide if these responses make me sus of Rose or sus of Maggie or like not sus of anyone. Hmm. I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on that, but I guess you are undecided. So <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, it's hard to trust Rose because um, of what it seems like she was created for or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we know that Maggie is trying to use Blake to create a horrible situation in a contained way. <laughs> um, but I still don't think Maggie is changed since he saw her or whatever. I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, like a story will go on and, you know, we'll see if there's anything to find out or if it's just kind of like his paranoid. Um, Isadora ends up showing up. Um, she promises to attack Blake the next day and that Rose will take over after he dies. Blake argues back that there may be a third or even fourth or fifth option. <laughs> um, I was a little confused as to where they are. Um, I think they were doing, uh, I think they left to do errands or something. If I could be, if I'm not mistaken. It's like they got coffee and stuff. They found Tiff they and Alexis the- and Ty. They're not in the garage. They're in an apartment, but it's vacant. <laughs> Uh, let me see, like maybe see it's just that like Blake's shit got tr- like it, it wasn't there wasn't too much in it and a lot of his stuff got trashed. Um, so it's like they hadn't end up ended up eating at the apartment. Um, they end up getting Ty, Alexis, and Tiff from their camps in the spirit world. Tiff taking watch near the real world site of a gateway in the garage, stop for donuts, and then they split up. Maggie and Phil went to the junkyard. Um, and let me see. Yes, as he stood watch standing on the balcony outside the apartment. And a figure landed on the next balcony over. Yeah, so I'm thinking they're in his apartment. It just I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, um once again, Isadora would have eaten me like seven times during this conversation. Because <laughs> every time she asked a question, I was like, answer. And then I was like, Oh, he's being shady. And it's like, yeah. no, he's just yeah. Yeah, not being eaten. Um I really like Isadora. Um, I don't love her like obsession with balance. Um, That's kind of what she is, though, right? I guess. I mean, it's it feels like the whole system is balance, right? Like the whole system is karma, and so mm-hmm. she feels like she like way plays into the system too much. Um, and I don't like that, but I like her. Um, sure. Yeah, she's like hostile. That might help. I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> um and i'm wondering how it's gonna help um (laughs) because i kind of think maybe they'll make it work out in some way um and then helpful that may lead to disaster rose is the next heir and you're gonna die soon um 
And part of me was like, well, she is immortal. And so maybe soon is in like 50 years. <laughs> um, that said, this book hasn't had a lot of time skips since the action really started. And so I don't know. It feels like Blake is going to die. Like I was thinking Blake would die at like the very end of the story or whatever in this big dramatic thing. But it almost feels like he's going to die like arc 12. And then it's going to be like the adventures of ghost Blake in the mirror world, allowing Rose to escape and him running around being like, ah, fuck (laughs) (laughs) or something. Do you think Uh, he's going to be able to hug Evan this time? Not if he's in the mirror. (sighs) Sorry. Not if he's in the mirror, but if he's just a ghost, then yeah. But then Congress is going to eat him. Um, Hmm. yeah i think it's interesting the whole like rose will flip stuff kind of like she'll adopt the ties you have abandoned minor people in your life will become major of hers and i was like oh so she and penny are gonna be best friends (laughs) and (laughs) it's gonna leave and go somewhere else and maybe she'll marry andy um i'm okay with all of these things um okay malia why would she marry a witch hunter (laughs) like because because she'll talk to him and she'll listen and and understand and she needs a blackguard and yeah that makes total sense a witch hunter who goes after like (laughs) terrible others is gonna marry a diabolist maybe she'll never actually summon a rose (laughs) i mean she hasn't yet Uh, it'd be nice i mean uh <laughs> sure okay malia <laughs> all right um yeah yeah i'm just gonna roll past that <laughs> that's cool <laughs> um, all right any other things you want to mention about this part um yeah the whole like blake doesn't expect to win um or he's like he maybe doesn't expect to win he was like what would you say if i told you that um, I'm hoping he finds a third way. So far, this story, um, and Wild Bo in general, is good at finding things that I don't anticipate. Um, he's mm-hmm. good at finding third ways. The whole third or fourth or fifth made me think of Ty, Alexis, and Tiffany, just because there are three of them, and they're somewhat unanticipated, but I also hope they don't get dragged into this too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... I feel like this part with him talking about like the third option and I mean, it kind of says it in the story. Like that kind of explains why he kind of dropped the whole thing with Rose's summonings, like at the next part. Cause he's basically like, well, we're either supposed to accept this or like, or like get like mad and get, have a fight or something. Um, Cause Rose seemed like she was like ready to fight. Um, he said something about that and he was like, whatever, fuck this. I'm going to take the third option and just let it go. I think that yeah it was a I think the third option is like the only way the story is gonna go well is if Blake can do unexpected things that aren't just the yes or no choice um I Mm -hmm. felt like the options were like either Blake would win or Rose would win or I mean he doesn't let it go he decides to distract her and to mislead her that she will also die when he does he just I mean he doesn't say one way or the other, but it's kind of lie by omission. Right. No, I mean, he, you know, he obviously can't lie, but he says, you know, I'm sorry, Rose. Um, and he doesn't explain why. And he, he thinks that Rose thinks that she's going to die when he does. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, was she worried about her own existence? Good. And part of that is like, yeah, it is good because maybe you guys are going to line and be on the same team. But also like, this seems shitty, but I get why he doesn't trust her enough to tell her the truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could also argue it was, I mean, no, you're totally right. But like, it was also kind of shitty for her to like summon these people without talking to him about it and then act kind of like she's just ready to get into it with them too you know like i don't like i kind of get why she summoned them but like i don't know well and like that's kind of why i wish we had had that conversation the conversation in between them waking up and Mm. this because Mm -hmm. like he's just chilling on the balcony and he knows that they're like drawing thing like summoning diagrams and it's like did he just not ask and like did he or like did she say she was gonna do one but not like both three or three or whatever um it it looks what i was assuming was that she had summoned mary and tallow man or whatever and then she was like she was waiting for blake to come back so she could like convince him to let her summon corviday and that's what the fight was going to be about where she was like ready to like be like no you should let me do this it's going to be great um (laughs) um and the I'm going to die was like a big distraction from the whole thing. Because, um, yeah, I'm confused as to like, Blake didn't seem to know who she was going to summon. Um, and that seems weird that he didn't ask. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah. But but Rose summoning things. Um, I. So I was confused as to why the three baby practitioners needed to draw them but then she summoned them in the mirror world because i was thinking they needed to draw them so she could summon them outside of the mirror world but no she like summons them in the mirror world and so i don't know why she didn't just do it um there is that weird thing where the spirits are like not as present or something in the mirror like they don't mm-hmm. hear her as well even though i don't know i'm like like she has the voice but not like right the physical presence so much and like well like when she did the awakening ritual the stuff didn't move around um on her side yeah um but yeah so i just like didn't quite get that and i didn't quite get uh i also just like it'd be cool i I, like i want to know more about what's in all the books in grandma's library because maybe there are things that are less scary and horrifying but still like useful and powerful (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. maybe not like maybe the only things that grandma had or kept notes about were really horrifyingly scary things but i mean june and leonard aren't nearly as scary um and june and leonard are like on the property blah 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 but maybe there was and i mean the the other verse is scary so i'm having a hard time coming up with something like definitely way more chill but you know Mm -hmm. i'm sure there were things (laughs) i mean i'm not sure i'm not sure i would hope that there were things but i don't know Mm -hmm. So they all go over the plan again. Um, his friend's still reeling from the news. Um, and Phil kind of goes over the spirit world escape hatch. Yeah. Um, that was fun. The whole, like, here's a poster board. It has a diagram on it. Like, put it on the floor and jump. Like, that's sort of fun. <laughs> yes. um, like, yeah, I guess we'll get there. But I don't think... He- yeah, he didn't use that yet because he talked to some cops at the end. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it... I feel really bad for his friend's you know, hearing that Blake's going to die and they all have to kind of like keep it together. Well, it's like, oh, the two strangers kind of like that we don't fully trust or something. Yeah. And we get to pretend that everything's fine. Um, 
it's I think it's cool that Maggie has a mix of Fae and Goblin stuff. Um, it seems like, you know, all of her Fae shit is from Patrick and the Goblin stuff is from uh, impersonating and subjugating Goblins. And that's fun. <laughs> um, I was really expecting more of a Goblin princess vibe in terms of just like, you know, fun and silly and mischievous. And we haven't seen fun and silly and mischievous Goblins yet. Like the closest we got was Dick Swizzle and he was mm-hmm. great. But it wasn't, you know, the wonderful goblins of Pale yet. And I'm mm-hmm. curious as to, like, if we're going to get that really in this story much. Because she um, really hates them because of what goblins did to her town. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, makes sense. And I guess it m- makes sense that she wants to understand them. And that's why she kind of, like, honed in on them as a practice. Mm-hmm. And also, they're possibly easier for a beginner or something. Like, more accessible um hmm. goblins just like live in the woods and shit and maybe something um but it also i don't know I, I it sucks that she hates them but she's a goblin practitioner yeah i mean i kind of always figured like you know you're gonna pick the thing that you're most scared of slash like you know try to master it yeah yeah i mean i like you kind of respect that but also it just ugh. <laughs> it sucks yeah but i mean yeah, again, most goblins aren't like Toad Swallow, though, you know, in terms of, like, you know, easing things for kids and stuff like that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. It's just, it seems like the majority of goblins are just, like, silly and fun and gross, um, and it sucks that she hasn't necessarily encountered them or something. I don't know. Do you think it's the majority, or do you think it's just, like... I mean, from how it's talked about in Pale, it seems like there's really fucking scary goblins mm-hmm. um, that just want to, like, murder people. There's big, strong goblins who have, like, fought their way to the top. Uh-huh. And then there's just, like, shit tons of, like, mid-to-low-tier goblins. And a lot of them probably die in the warrens and, like, don't make it out or whatever. But when there's a big summoning of goblins in Pale, it's, like, fun and silly and ridiculous. Um, and those seem to be the type that a low-level practitioner would have access to um i don't know um it just bums me out because yeah um it's understandable but it sucks makes sense yeah um and then they talk about the hames which is always fun and they're just like oh yes chronomancy and it's nice that there's restrictions in the other verse um that seem to make sense in terms of like this is really fucking hard so you have to like confine it to a particular space and like the three degrees of separation from the people involved is interesting because um, it really fucks shit up. Um, mm-hmm. It was I thought it was funny that Isadora was like more upset with Duncan and was like, "You Blake haven't or won't upset the balance as much as that did," um, mm-hmm. which was surprising. Um, but uh, yeah, it just reminds me of um, Fantasy High, which is a live D and D podcast that the College Humor um, Dropout folks do um mm-hmm. it's really good you should all go listen to it um the first season is available for free on like youtube and podcast stuff and stuff and the like dumbledore equivalent or whatever who's like dotty and ridiculous like makes some speech at the beginning of the year and it's just like oh yes like the most important magic of all like what's the most powerful magic or whatever and people are like you know like love and like you know all this like you know silly cheesy shit and he's like no chronomancy like he's just like chronomancy is the one <laughs> and it's just like really funny that it's like no you dumbasses and so whatever i think about chronomancy 
I think about Arthur Eggfort and I laugh. That's funny. Um, <laughs> it's pretty great. So Blake and his friends initiate the plan and some of them enter the spirit world. And Blake looks at his friends through the site and sees what they look like. Yeah, this was really cool. Um, we get this sometimes with like the Kenneteers, I think, in terms of like Lucy's pink hair and different things. But um, this made me think of how this, you know, this is how the spirits see these people. Um, the way that you awaken is really important to that, um, which is why they're all sort of like naked or whatever, mm-hmm. um, because presumably they all awoke naked, which is how most people do it. Um, but Alexis having like, I think like just like totally white eyes mm-hmm. is like really cool and creepy and I don't get it. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what about her would lead to that. Um, but like, I don't know, all the tattoos, her molars, that was really fun that they were really like clear because those were her awakening mm-hmm. things. Um, with Fel, you know, that like the spirits can see the th- ways he's altered his suit because that's the practice and that's what's supposed to be happening. Um, that his gun is so much of a part of him. And then, you know, the, the powder is such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Maggie was also like the pointed ears, the pointed fingers, like shit has happened to Maggie. Um, I don't know if that's just like a goblins have fucked this person up and she has blood on her hands and I don't know. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Any, yeah, not sure. <laughs> no guesses. <laughs> uh, I just hate this. It's one of those things where it's like, I could probably figure it out, but I can't. You could see if you could throw a bunch of guesses at it or, you know, um, Nope. <laughs> nope. All right. That's cool. <laughs> All right. So they end up going to the police station and standing off against the Bahames, getting the creepy Yay. Mary lady. <laughs> yeah. So back to the action is fun. Um, I'm wondering if we're ever going to find out what the Stonehenge charm actually does. Um, and it makes sense that the whole Blake destroyed a whole bunch of the books and shit of one of the Bahames um, came back to bite him. Um, mm-hmm. it felt kind of shitty to do and makes sense that they'd be mad about it, especially, I guess, younger generations who tend to see the world in right and wrong and also who could really benefit from those books and um, mm-hmm. slash maybe they would have been passed down to them. Um, but it's interesting seeing just like more randos and they're in the bathroom, which is always for some reason a fun place to have a fight scene. Um, and... I don't know what was going to happen to Blake where the girl was like, I hereby bespell you. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, and Mary's really scary and she comes out of the mirror and I'm glad the girl had that protective circle. I'm glad Rose told her not to do any permanent damage, but I still hate it. <laughs> um, it went better, you know. Uh, she did what Rose said. She came back. Uh, it was still scary, and I still hated it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yep, it's scary. <laughs> scary, scary, scary. <laughs> yeah. That last, so, I feel like I that last fun fight scene. She's <laughs> like, as I passed the mirrors or the pictures mounted on the wall, Rose walked in step with me, and the Bloody Mary walked in step with her. It's just like, Ugh, it's creepy. Yeah, it's horrifying. It's creepy. Yep. All right, don't love it. <laughs> I kind of love it. It's kind of it's kind of wonderful, but <laughs> creepy. Okay, 
pale in comparison section, let's talk about the, the level eight for Maggie. <laughs> and and what is worse or better? Well, because mm-hmm. I was thinking the milkmaid, right? The milkmaid's pretty bad. Milkmaid's pretty bad, but she doesn't have quite the scale. Yeah, it's not quite the, the goblins did. Yeah. I'm trying to decide, you know, like six or seven, five, six or seven. Is she worse than the splinter or not? <laughs> um, Is it worse not knowing it's whether kinda- you had family members or knowing that you did and they were turned into cows? <laughs> and then in terms of it happening to you, because we don't really know. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, we obviously don't know what it's like to be eaten up by the splinter. So, sure. Like... Is that worse than being turned into the creepy ass cow or is being a cow worse? I think no longer existing is better than being a horrifying cow slave thing. True. But then on the other (laughs) hand, like, is it better to have people like, is it better to like have nobody remember you and who you are and have no link to the world? Or is it better to like have people remember and miss you? And just be like, know. where the hell is my family member? Like in terms of a larger scale, you know? Yeah. It's no, pretty horrifying. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, What about what happened to Chloe? <laughs> that's pretty bad. Um, I don't think it's quite as bad as those, to be perfectly honest. As either of them? No. It's still really awful. It's really fucking awful. Don't get me wrong. That's I think really it's bad. probably close, but... I'd say, I don't know, maybe a five or six. Mm-hmm. Well, if the splinter's a six. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't decided if I think that. I still think the, there's. Oh, the milkmaid's worse. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like there's probably slightly different levels of sixes. I think you could go decimal. <laughs> That's fair. So Yeah, no, Chloe was really bad. Chloe was pretty bad. But I think milkmaid's worse than yeah. that. Because you lose yeah. all autonomy and everything. Um, Even though you, they both get turned into monsters in a sense like the creepy cow things worse because you're basically like a slave and a cow um yeah that's worse um the splinter that's a hard one i feel like i probably would rather disappear forever than become a creepy cow but we also (laughs) don't really know what the scale of is the splinter Mm because we say it's small but was it small or do we just not remember there being a big town around there that's true hmm the splinter's harder to like figure out yeah harder to figure out but also like um i think it'd be easier to bind the milkmaid mm-hmm. yeah but again it's really hard without knowing what it feels like to get disappeared yeah what about what about the brownies um i feel like how bad is what happened to Bristol? that seems pretty bad um I guess I'm the still, I'm not like, sure on details. Yeah. It's like, you can't, they won't kill you. They torture just like you. Torture. Um, he yeah. also, he like agreed to it. Like, <laughs> cause he's a prideful dumbass. <laughs> right. So like individually on that level, eh, but like if the brownies come after you in general sucks, but also that's their scale is again, not a whole town or whatever. It's, it's mm-hmm. individual. And it depends. It's not always that bad. Like if right. they, if the, if it had been like three weeks since someone said please or thank you, it wouldn't have been that bad, right? So I think in general that's not as bad. It feels like 
if you have brownies working for you, I mean, maybe they get pissed off and leave eventually, but just like people should take turns. And at the end of every day, someone says like, thanks. And then <laughs> has to deal with like, you know, something that kind of sucks. But then the bad thing about that is if someone forgets to say thanks, then the next, oh, person, then the next person has to deal with like even more. And then, you know, it's like, that's true. Unless you just get someone like Charles or Seth and just be like, Seth, you have to go in and say thank you every every week. Okay? You're the forsworn one. This is what you gotta do. Yeah, wait, okay, being forsworn. (laughs) Where is that on this list? That's pretty bad. Um, Because, granted, the forsworn that we've seen have got it a lot fucking better than most other forsworn. Mm -hmm. I think, though, that there's something about... So, like, Maggie's thing, Chloe's thing, the milkmaid, none of those are, like, you went into this knowing that there were consequences, you know? Yeah. Like, the brownies, being forsworn, those are all, like, consequences to your actions, whether or not really justified. Right. And hopefully, you you knew the rules rules and basically that there were these consequences before you signed up for it. Yeah. Um, And so, those feel different on the level of just like complete awfulness that's the thing like the broad spectrum of like shitty things that there are just in the world in general not to mention the fucking practice like the other verse like using a scale from one to ten you have to have a shitload of decimal points in there (laughs) because like there's just too many things there's too many fucking things like yeah it's it's impossible and yeah. like saying that something's a five or a six, like not all fives are going to be equal. Not all sixes are going to be equal because you got to, uh, there's too many fucking things. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. So like, yeah, saying eight out of 10, they should have been like 800 out of a thousand at least <laughs> in terms of that scale, because it's just too hard to like narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a fair discussion question. If anyone wants to just like weigh in. Yeah, I think that's fun. Cool. All right. We'll come back to that. But for <laughs> now, um, we're going to go to our favorite spot, Malia's Bold and Specific Prediction section. Woo! All right. So what is your prediction for this week? Um, My prediction. <laughs> it's fun when my predictions build off of my other predictions that might be wrong. Um, <laughs> My prediction is that the astrologer and Johannes are connected somehow. That maybe they like had the same sort of person teach them or they're working together or something um a weird amount of people in toronto seem to have ties back to jacob's bell and i kind of think that maybe the astrologer likes blake or is kind of on blake's side in part because of johannes um yeah (laughs) sorry i just realized i have to add something into the bottom okay cool 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 sounds good any other weird predictions about i don't know Blake being filled with spirits that are making him paranoid or Maggie like being covered in spirit blood or uh anything like that. No, I don't know. Or, the, the blood thing with Maggie seems like it could be a Molly thing and could be like a it's her fate or whatever cuz the goblin lady, I don't know. Okay. Do you think that what about Blake in terms of like getting attacked by Isadora? <laughs> Um, maybe she'll do it in a way that would also kind of fuck over people who might also be attacking Blake at the same time. But then I feel like she'd just attack the police station. So I don't know. 
Wouldn't it be funny if she, like, knew straight up that, like, she was going to attack him, but, like, in a really, like, harmless way, like, I'm attacking <laughs> you uh, with, like, fucking Nerf gun. And then she just knew that, like, he was going to die, like, from something totally unrelated. Like, that same, you know. <laughs> that would be funny. She would be funny. Yeah. She does seem to want Blake to stop existing. So, um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on to our previous discussion question section, which was Woo. based on your profession. What would your practice be? And this one, we got a fuckload of answers, which is great. Yeah. But because of that, we ain't going to talk about them all because there's a lot. So, yeah, we just picked out a couple. We picked and out some of like them five. also, I don't know what your jobs are. So sorry if we describe them poorly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. <laughs> so we so we picked out five. The first one is just really fitting. Um, Minnow. They don't say what their job is. Or they don't say what their practice would be. They just said, based on the demographic of people who listen to this podcast and read these stories, they're going to guess Technomancer for most people. Which... Um, They'd be right. They were fucking right. <laughs> First person, me is one. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right, but that's cool. Macy one, me is one. You, we've heard from you before. Immediately says technomancy. <laughs> Immediately. So <laughs> they said less of someone like Zed, who's a bit more on the business side and more like the guy we heard around about in Ray's backstory who made his own realm and got lost in it. So, and also said it might be kind of pathy. So they said specifically mm. for them, their job, let me see. It would map to a realms oriented technomancer who has built and connected their realm to the past and is using it to go out and venture into the past while also solidifying some technomancic practices before handing them off as they start to gain traction. Cool. Cool. Um, so Sangachi works with quantum computing and quantum optics, and I definitely know what that means. Yeah, no fucking clue. <laughs> but it sounds uh, <laughs> complicated. Yes. Um, so they would do some sort of niche practice um, that requires you to develop an intuition for seeing the world in extremely non-intuitive ways, which sounds really useful for the practice. Um, maybe using alchemy to distill faith and godhood. Or highly abstract elemental warding. Um, cool. I feel like I remember when I was reading theirs, they said specifically, like, based on their job, they probably wouldn't even know what kind of practice they were going to have. Because <laughs> it's just, like, so, you know. Niche. <laughs> Niche. <laughs> um, next, we have Code Zeta. They say that they're a process engineer for a flow line slash riser pipe manufacturer, which I guess is oil rig stuff. They can safely say they would be a huge dabbler. So the first, they say elementalism, enchanting magic, and they do admit technomancy. Um, <laughs> so they're saying, uh, yeah, they say technomancy because fuck pivot tables and 12K rows, Excel spreadsheets, and power automate not automating things the way I want them to. I don't know what all that means, but I can just feel that in my soul. Like, I understand. Like, fuck that. Fuck all that shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, I probably want to add technomancy to my job, too, because even though I'm not technically, like, very technically literate, um, fucking, like, computerized charting is a pain in the ass Oof. sometimes. It does not work all the time how it should. Um, yeah. But anyway. Lawyers are historically... Um, 
Luddites, kind of. Mm. Um, we don't advance with time. Um, most lawyers <laughs> still have fax machines that they mm. use. Um, hey, we have fax machines, too, at our hospital. Yeah. Electronic filing is, like, kind of a new big deal, <laughs> which is hilarious. So um, I probably wouldn't have to do technomancy, even though it's probably fun. Random thing, Malia. Did you know that apparently our dad's doctor still has fucking paper charting? Because that's what my mom told me. So Did he get some shit. sort of exemption because he's old? I don't know. I haven't <laughs> talked to him. So I thought they all had to do... They were supposed um, to, like, a long yeah. time ago. But that's so funny. I guess he was just like, fuck it, I'm going to keep doing my paper charts. That's <laughs> uh, uh, what I always picture, is, like, seeing stacks and stacks of paper charts on dad's desk when people talk about charting um yeah yeah it's a pain in the ass <laughs> at least can be at least when it's not working properly or something's mm, fine um, and i'm sure all the techie people think it's really fucking intuitive it ain't <laughs> okay like I, I understand there's probably a difference like in how your mind has to work if you're medical or probably even if you're a lawyer or whatever but like some of that shit just does not work well <laughs> but yeah i will admit we have one of the better um electronic like charting uh systems at our hospital i think than a lot of other places have nice um i'll let you read yeah. the last one yeah so last but not least the leg tall says technomancer um <laughs> but then they're like well Working in networking, I literally manipulate connections for a living. So also maybe an enchanter slash enchantress. Um, yeah, that sounds kind of more fun. But it does yeah. Thank well, thank you for your answer, to everyone, and for everyone we didn't mention. I'm sorry. Um, we had too yeah. many people, but feel free to go, go check on Reddit out. or yeah. Discord. Yeah, to read those um, answers. They were all pretty interesting, but also I was like, I don't know what y'all do with your lives. Yeah, like. It's all going over my head too much but so this week's discussion question um basically we're kind of going i guess off of what we were talking before um pale in comparison um I'm trying to think of what we were saying um feel free to tell us your rating system for some of the things that have gone on uh just discuss i don't know maggie's eight out of ten and feel free to pick some things and talk about them or not you know it's fine <laughs> we're just you know I'm going to read what Malia's typing because it actually is more legible than what I just tried to say. Um, <laughs> pick some events described in pale and rate them on the 1 to 10 badness scale. 8 is the destruction of Maggie's town. 6 is the splinter. Or spinter, as Malia typed. Oops. As a type typo. The splinter. And I tried to help by adding an L. So it says splinter. So. <laughs> spl- <laughs> uh, all right. Perfect. <laughs> We did it. We did it. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To help support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. And if you'd like to support Wildbo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash Wildbo. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering... Oh, wow. 
add an extra chapter on there because I figured we could just stick it in there. I'm shocked. We're covering chapters 6.11, 6.12, and histories. What? Arc Long six. episode. That's so intense. It's intense. It, we're gonna I'm make curious it work. as to why Jenny did this. Well, you'll see when we read it. You know, it, it fits <laughs> in together. Um, <laughs> I've got a fun fact for you, which I'm not going to explain. It's because it's just weird. Um, fun fact. The U.S. government has a stockpile of 1.4 billion pounds of cheese stored in underground caves in Missouri. I'm sure it's for a perfectly good reason. This so this reminds me of this episode of Criminal that I didn't actually listen to all the way that involves like a really intense scavenger hunt that this author made. And I want to do a scavenger hunt for the cheese. It's like the rat race. It probably doesn't taste good, but I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, Don't say I, guess that. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's good. Maybe being underground in a Missourian cave uh, is what it needs to give that extra depth of flavor. I mean, they probably wrapped it in plastic wrap or something. Yeah. Plastic wrap is all you need. <laughs> That's all you need. And it's going to be delicious forever. Um, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Hey. This is the live read of 6.11. If you don't want spoilers, don't listen past here. Before you stop <laughs> recording, let's just try to just do this because I just want to try it. And then you can just like cut it out at the end if it doesn't work. Is that okay? Okay. How long do you think it'll take me to read a chapter? Because I think the, the Super Bowl starts in 15 minutes. I think it's... Let's just try it. Let's just see what we can get through. Because this is kind of like a, a test. So when I... What the fuck? What are you talking? Okay, so first we're starting. We're going to be <laughs> trying to do a live reaction to Subordination 6.11. So, Does 6.11 not exist? What are you talking about? 6.11 doesn't exist! <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you, you can't find it? Why would you do this? <laughs> well, but what the fuck's going on? What do you mean? I think your computer's glitching. What are you talking no, about? No, it's not! What? I've clicked through to it 15 ways. Did you try to go off the main menu? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> okay, what happens? What the fuck? Did it get eaten? Well, okay, wait, I will wait, say... Wait, 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 Okay, okay. So when I click next chapter, it goes from 6.10, it goes to 6.12. And at the top, it says category archive 6.11. And there's this little folder symbol and it says 6.11, comma, 6.12. And when I click last chapter, it goes back to 6.10. And when I go down and I click 6.11, it goes to 6.12. <laughs> Can I click the next button on 6.12 to see where it goes? Sure. Does it go to 6.11? Um, No, it goes to history. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> if i click 6.12 it goes to 6.12 i hate this <laughs> what the fuck is going on <sighs> um i love this that's so great so just as a reminder where we were <laughs> um just to give you a hint so this is what apparently happened um when this was released and it is it is uh well they were they're fighting the behames right uh -huh. as you said chronomancy uh-huh
It's the most powerful form of magic. It is. So, so maybe Blake beat them and they restarted it and so we don't get 6.11. But we got right. 6.11 when when Duncan restarted it. This just feels like a like the splinter. It ate 6.11. Yeah, except that they weren't by the near splinter, the splinter at all. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a time thing. <laughs> pretty sure it's a time thing. Um, and yes, that is exactly <laughs> what I wanted to get your reaction for. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So it's like I don't have time for this. <laughs> you actually do. You have time for it because oh, it's not there. Hurts. <laughs> That was pretty funny. I bet 6.12. No, I bet 6.x is a behame thing. I bet it's layered. All right. Well, you're just going to have to read and find out. Okay, but yeah, that's I my figured 6.12 <laughs> and histories would probably be good to do next week. So. <laughs> cool. I know. I was trying to like fit in the 6.11 thing, but you, you clicked too fast. I was like, damn it. Uh, I was like, let's go and read it. And I was like, it's broken, Wild Bo. Why did you break it? Yeah. How has no one fixed broken. these links in <laughs> yeah, seven he years? Know that it's not working? <laughs> no one's mentioned it. That was funny. All right. <laughs> Have a good Super Bowl. Thanks. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>